You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knee Now you can be Good morning. It's 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Time for the daily Monday through Friday, as Bill sees it, meeting. And uh, welcome, if anyone's here. It's a beautiful, snowy day. It's uh, snowy outside here in Michigan. And we're supposed to get a lot of snow, although it was raining up until recently, so it's very wet outside. I'm letting the dog into the room because the dog always wants to come into the room when I'm in here. Go right, over there. Um, so yeah, hope you're doing well today. Uh, my name is Derek. I am the recovering CEO. Oh, the next dog wants to come in. And the recovering CEO might sound weird, but I am an actual CEO and I am in recovery. I have 25 years sober from drugs and alcohol. I took my last drink on August 13th, 1996. Um, I've run a company for many years and I'm now attempting to work more in recovery by starting a podcast, by hosting these Twitter spaces Monday through Friday, and by, in general, trying to raise awareness, uh, especially in, in the business world, raise awareness of addiction and alcoholism, and also all addictions. You know, that's one of the things for me, and I have 25 years sober from drugs and alcohol, but other addictions have plagued me throughout my sobriety, and it's important, you know, it's important that we learn to get rid of those and move forward and walk a spiritual path. So I'm dealing with all addictions. So if you suffer from any addiction, uh, food addiction, sex addiction, gambling addiction, spending addiction, video game addiction, you might get something from this because it all kind of relates, you know, addictions all relate. We're all trying to numb out and check out and do behaviors that take me away from the sometimes harsh reality of life, you know? And um, I like to have fun, right? So I'm always chasing fun and I'm chasing that endorphins and I'm chasing the, the spike of adrenaline and excitement, you know, because life um, is sometimes just boring, right? And I really trained myself to chase that high, you know? And from when I was very, very young, when I didn't feel good, you know, I would try and change the way I feel. And that's one thing I learned, you know, is um, if we have any type of trauma when we're young, then we spend the rest of our life in pain management. And it took me a while to learn that. And, you know, it's important to work through it. So getting sober is, in my opinion, the first step. And then it's working on the rest, you know, working on the hard work of looking at my past, you know, where, where have I gone wrong? Where, um, what's some of the healing I can do to recover from that? So, and, uh, yeah, two dogs here clamoring for pets. Go lay down, dogs. Go lay down. You don't need pets all the time. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so this is an As Bill Sees a meeting. So, we'll keep going. Let's, let's have a moment of silence uh, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
Thy will, not mine be done. All right, so today, and as Bill sees it, we are going to read number five, uh, page five. It's called Maintenance and Growth. Maintenance and Growth from As Bill See It. This is from uh, the AA Big Book, page 66. And As Bill Sees It, as you may know, is a collection of writings from Bill, Bill Wilson, Bill W., the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. So number five, Maintenance and Growth. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these these do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. All right. And that, again, that is from the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, page 66. Um, you know, I love this reading. You know, they say resentment is the biggest killer. Resentment is the number one cause of relapse. You know, so when people go back out, it's because they have some resentment. Just let the dogs out. <laughs> I mean, my wife is cooking downstairs and they can hear it and they like scrambled eggs and whatever else they're going to get. So they want to go chase that now. But uh, yeah, I can't afford to have resentment, you know, and this one, this one is so relevant to me. You know, it says, uh, and I never understood what this meant, but I'll read again. It says, if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. What the hell is the grouch and the brainstorm? They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. So the grouch and the brainstorm. Let's start with the grouch. Does anyone know any grouches? <laughs> anyone know any grouches? You know, it's uh, I I had to learn that I can't be like Oscar the Grouch. You know, I can't be a big complainer. I can't sit around and bitch about everything, you know. Um, I just can't. Do you ever notice some people that just complain all the time? They're negative people. Yeah, negative people. Um, I see that a lot. And it's it's not a helpful attitude. You know, so I need to be like peaceful. I need to be loving, right? I can't drive around flipping people off, swearing at everyone. I mean, sometimes I do swear at people. I mean, I do swear at people. Um, I've learned not to flip people off because that often has a very adverse reaction <laughs> and I'm really not in the mood for conflict, you know, uh, but I can't go cause fights. I can't rage on people. I need to really be peaceful and I just can't, you know, it says also in the big book, it says we have ceased fighting everything and everyone we must or it kills us. You know, I really need to admit powerlessness. I need to kind of walk through life and try not to ruffle too much, you know? Like, it's one thing to do this podcast. You know, I'm doing this podcast. I have opinions. Some people think might think this is uh, too personal, or this is, you know, you're outing yourself as someone in recovery, or, you know, whatnot. Hey, we got a listener. Um, 
uh, sober cli climbing clean. I love that climbing clean. Welcome. Um, you know, so some people may may say that, but you know what? This is this is a good way to stay sober. The reason I do a podcast is because I want to stay sober. You know, and I feel like if my life is not all about recovery, I'm not going to make it. And that was a strong feeling I had. I've been having it for a few years, and I believe we have to trust our instincts and trust our gut. Um, you know, we really do. So, um, but sober climb. When we're talking about as Bill sees it, we're in the big book. It says if we were to live. We had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men and women, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. You know, so we talked about the grouch, right? Bitching about everything, complaining about everything. Um, I've noticed I see a lot of that on the internet, right? Um, I just try not to do that. And then the brainstorm is just these crazy big ideas, you know, like, uh, crazy ideas and you know and it's important to that's why it's important to have a sponsor that's why it's important to have a support community because i do get these brainstorm ideas that are just earth moving you know and i have to run them by people i have to run them by and see what someone says you know um you know in the 11th step they talk about you know lining our will with uh well it's third step aligning our will with god's will building our conscious contact and really knowing what's the right thing to do but honestly, as an alcoholic and an addict like myself, I don't always know what to do. And I need feedback, right? I need feedback from someone else. Um, so, you know, if you ever have a big brainstorm idea, it's good to run it by a few people in recovery. Say, hey, what do you think? You know, I'm asking for feedback. Um, you know, one of the greatest assets of anyone in recovery is the ability to ask for help and to accept feedback. You know, I don't necessarily like it in general rule. And if people give it to me unsolicited, you know, I'll tell them to fuck off. But I have learned to ask for it. Um, also, if anybody wants to share in this Twitter space, uh, you can just raise your hand and I could let you share just so you know. Um, I love these Twitter spaces. I feel like this is really going to be the future. Uh, voice. Uh, Gary Vee always talks about voice taking off and voice is going to be more important. So that's why I'm doing a podcast. I am recording this. You know, I am recording this. I do publish this at the Recovering CEO podcast. And I'm doing these Monday through Friday. And I feel like Twitter spaces could be a great place to have a morning meeting at 8 a.m. You know, I was going to a morning meeting every day at 8 a.m. And I started to cop a resentment against the meeting. Um, I just did, you know. And uh, it was actually uh, an essay meeting. And it got a little religious. And it really started crossing some boundaries. And, um, and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, what, why, why, why be on a meeting when I have a resentment against it? You know, when some people really don't want me here because I don't necessarily believe in the definition of marriage being between a man and a woman, which is complete bullshit. You know, you can marry whoever you want. And because I don't believe that, they feel like I'm really not a good member of this program. That's silly. You know, that's silly. That violates... Um, traditions of AA, which means that's, that is an outside issue. You know, we don't bring up things that cause conflict or lead to dissension, right? We just avoid them. And in my opinion, AA is a perfect program for that. They learned, Bill Wilson, um, Dr. Bob, they learned through failures of other programs that we must follow these traditions. You know, we are going to walk right down the middle. Our, our only goal 
in life is to stay sober and help others to achieve sobriety. We are not going to comment on all this other bullshit that goes on in the world. We're not going to endorse anybody, right? We're just going to walk straight past. And that really relates to this line about the grouch and the brainstorm. Because me, um, I can get very fired up about political stuff, right? Um, it's just true. I mean, when Trump was in office, I had a real hard time, you know, <laughs> very hard time. I remember the, the night he got elected it was like the worst night of my life, you know, and I'm sure there's worse things that could happen, right? Like when, like if one of your kids dies or something, but Trump winning was like bad. And uh, that was just a bad feeling, you know, it reminded me of what it felt like um, when I was newly sober, you know, some of those times where I really, really wanted to drink or use and I didn't. You know, and I just felt so sick. I just curled up into a little ball and felt sick. Um, that's how I felt, you know. But, you know, I found myself during those four years just getting very fired up and wanting to go take on the world. And, and you know, it says here the grouch and the brainstorm is, is um, the dubious luxury of normal men and women. But for alcoholics, these things are poison. So if I give into that, if I get too passionate and if I put all my chips and push them forward and say, you know what? If this doesn't happen, I'm going to fucking do something. Then I'll drink over that. You know, I'll drink over that because I'll have a resentment. Life does not go the way I want often. It often goes the wrong way, right? You know, they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I, I, I could do my best, but it often doesn't go the right way. And, you know, I've learned in recovery to go with the flow. I've learned in recovery to kind of try and tap into the flow and just go with it. And life is out there, right? The life, the life is out there. The life that I want, the life that is intended for me, uh, my true life as a spiritual being, right? It certainly wasn't drinking and drugging. That was killing me, right? I proved to myself that that was not the life for me because it sucked, you know? So I stopped all that shit, went through the incredible change of gaining sobriety you know, and it took me a full year. And I remember after one year of sobriety, asking some people like, you know, hey, the 12 step says, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other alcoholics. I'm like, I have no idea if I've had a spiritual awakening. You know, my uncle, Uncle Don, who had about 12 more years sober than me, he said, Derek, you know, you are such a different person today than you were a year ago. And you can't see it, but I can see it. You are a completely different person. You know, in the doctor's opinion, they talk about it. Bill Wilson was a completely different person. Dr. Silkworth didn't even recognize him. He said, if I wouldn't have known that was Bill W., I wouldn't have recognized him because the transformation is dramatic, right? To go from active addict and alcoholic to a sober person who has worked the steps is a dramatic transformation. And it's also only the beginning. You know, I've worked through the steps numerous times, numerous times, and um, I keep getting better, right? I keep getting better and I keep peeling the layers of the onion, gaining more understanding of myself, gaining more awareness. You know, when I was active in my addiction, I had no awareness. I didn't realize I was a complete asshole. Then when I got sober, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm an asshole, you know? And, uh, and then I could change it and I could grow, right? And, um, you know, we live in a self-regulating society. So I learned that I kept getting in trouble. The police were after me. The, uh, the university was after me. I was on double secret probation, you know, at Michigan State University. I mean, I, I failed out numerous times. I'd always go talking my way back in. You know, alcoholics are very resourceful. 
I'd go talk to the ombudsman who has the power to do anything. And I would explain how this teacher, you know, told the entire class of 200 students that I was the worst student he ever had because I failed his class three times. Um, you know, and, and because of that, I needed a full refund on all my classes and I didn't need the penalty of that. Right. And I, I would get a refund and then I wouldn't tell my parents about it and I'd spend that money on drugs. Um, I did pass that class, you know, and actually that teacher became a friend of mine. And he always said, you know, he said, you know what, Derek, he said, you did a good job. He said, because I always believe you learn more from failing than you do from succeeding. And you failed like crazy. Right. So you learned a lot. Um, the people that kind of go through life winning everything, right? They're always in first place. They're always winning. They're always getting A's. They're always getting the best, you know, partners, you know, the the best jobs, all these things. You know, it's like, fuck that. I had to go through so much failure and I still go through failure, you know, and today I welcome failure. When I fail, it's a growth opportunity. You know, failing allows me to get stronger, failing builds character you know all these people bitching and complaining on the internet it's like dude you're character building quit bitching you know quit complaining enjoy it you know um life is not easy life is not easy life is very difficult and living life on life's terms is not easy that's why i ran from it you know, that's why i spent my life in pain management trying to manage my pain trying to run from the pain and trauma in my life um, you know, and I did it at a very young age with food. Uh, eventually I found like pornography and all that type of stuff. And that was crazy. And that was very stimulating. And then I got old enough where I could start drinking and I'm like, Oh my God, this is wonderful. I love being drunk. I love it. And then drinking started causing me problems, hangovers. I used to puke, felt sick, got in trouble. You know, luckily I didn't get arrested, but I did drink and drive, you know, a lot. And then I said, well, shoot, this sucks. So I switched to marijuana, which became my 100% drug of choice. And uh, marijuana was my drug of choice. I did it all the time. I could be high all day long. I did everything high. It was great, you know. But I also wasn't really achieving much. Um, you know, and I have two daughters. They're teenagers now. One's in college uh, at my alma mater, Michigan State University, and you know, I, I'm straight up with them. They know, they know my addiction. They know my alcoholism. And I said, you know, the problem with marijuana is not that it's bad. The problem was it was so good that I wanted to do it all the time. <laughs> and I couldn't stop. You know, I love drugs so much that I wanted to do them all the time. They weren't bad. Um, and I still believe marijuana is good, you know, for some people, right? You go, go do yourself, you know. If you, if you want to get high, go get high. But I proved to myself over time that I'm an alcoholic and an addict. I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do it. And it was a big loss when I quit. You know, when I quit, I was sad. You know, I mourned the loss of drugs. I mourned it. And it hurt because, you know, what if I don't feel like that anymore? You know, what if I don't get those creative inspirations? What if I don't get that high anymore? You know, and as... um as climbing clean would probably attest, you can get natural highs, natural highs, you know, from doing things like climbing, which my God, I, I can't do that. I think I'm afraid of heights, but uh, I'm working on the natural highs. You know, what are the things that bring me natural highs and endorphins that aren't going to kill me? What is something I can do when I feel like using that's a good replacement 
that'll stimulate my brain, make me feel good. You know, and my therapist asked me, she's like, well, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And I'm like, well, man, I don't know. You know, because alcoholics and addicts often don't have hobbies because my addiction took over all my time. I didn't develop hobbies. Any spare time, I'd be doing drugs or drinking or looking at porn or, or something, eating. You know, is eating a hobby? Not really. Um, so today, and I'd love some feedback on this. Today, I'm looking for things that would give me natural high in endorphins. Um, you know, working out is good. I ride the Peloton bike. Uh, I need to go running more, you know. Uh, but I need things that make me feel good. You know, doing this podcast feels good. I enjoy these meetings. Um, even though it's usually just me talking, that's fine. Maybe someday everyone will join. And um, I do appreciate listeners. You know, sometimes people might join and share. And in the future, I'm hoping to have a big community. Because this is a we program. We get sober. I used on my own, right? I was an addict alone in my bedroom, living in darkness, living in fear, living in shame, afraid to go outside. But as a recovering, oh, here we go, bro. As a recovering person, um, I am going to add you as a speaker. And here we go. Climbing clean. You're welcome to speak. If you'd like to speak, you need to unmute. And uh, you can have the floor if you'd like. I am recording this, though, so first names only, <laughs> please. Hey, hey, I'm, uh, my name's Tim. Uh, I'm actually about to have to walk into work, so I was just going to try to make this quick. But uh, uh, first of all, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, like, I travel for work, so it's, uh, you know, I've got to find a meeting here or there, and my work schedule is kind of hectic, so uh, it's not always, you know, the opportune time to go find a meeting in some random town, but. Hey man, to uh, to touch on what you were talking about, when when I was in active addiction, man, like it's part of my personality, I guess. I just kind of like go big or go home, you know. So when I was when I was using, man, like I just met certain people and I started selling drugs and stealing cars and got in a lot of trouble. And uh, when I when I got sober and cleaned up and uh, and and got out of all my court stuff and was taking care of everything. Like I had a conversation with my mom and, and she was like, can you ever live like a normal, boring life? And, uh, when she said that, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all I want. That's all I want. But like, since I've been sober, like my life has literally been anything but normal and boring. Like it's been more exciting now than it ever was before, you know? And like, I actually like feel all my feelings and uh, and live a pretty pretty amazing life and when you're talking about like the endorphins and and just the stuff that feels good like so i'm not i'm not a pro at any one of the things that i do but it's all it all has its own value i guess so like right now it's snowing where i am so i've been snowboarding and uh, and i like to ride bikes and and climb and and uh, and go to the gym and work out and and uh, I get I get endorphins from from cooking like uh, me and my partner try to cook like, you know, five star meals and stuff. And we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort on that. And it's anyways, it's just all of that stuff combined is uh, is pretty great. So, but anyways, I've got to go to work, man. I really appreciate I'm putting you in my earbuds and I'm going to finish listening to this. But I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. They really made me smile. Great share, buddy. Keep coming back. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that, that's that's freaking wonderful, man. I love that. Cooking five star meals. My God. Um, you know, my wife is a very good cook. I'm so grateful for that. And sometimes she gets mad at me. 
But as long as she still cooks for me, I realize that she still loves me because that is how she shows love. And um, yeah, I like I like I like biking too. I got I just got to get out there more. You know, I think life is about what you make of it. Um, you know, and I love that Tim was saying that life is so much more exciting these days. It's really true. You know, I I used to think that drugs was where it's at. It really wasn't. You know, it really wasn't. Um, when I'm sober, when I'm clean. I feel stronger. I feel alive. And you know what? All those, um, all those good thoughts that I used to have, you know, when I get really high, all the, all the good stuff came back. You know, the bad stuff left, the crazy out of control stuff. But the good stuff is still there. You know, I'm still creative. I still have ideas. I still can do great things, you know. And, um, and I want to do great things, you know. And that's one of the reasons, honestly, I started this podcast is because I need to help others. My number one goal in life is to stay sober and help others achieve sobriety. And uh, some other people do it. You know, some other people do it. There's the um, the Unashamed Alcoholic podcast, which I enjoy. There are a few really good recovery podcasts out there. There's one called The Addicted Mind, which I enjoy, you know. And I think, as someone said, with, with alcoholism, there's not enough lifeguards in the pool. There's a lot of people out there that don't have help. There's a lot of people out there don't know they have a problem and they're struggling. And they're dying right? They're dying. I mean, most people never make it into to these rooms. They never make it into recovery. Um, they die, you know, they, they overdose. I know I've known so many people that have overdosed, you know, and it's, it's always a sad phone call to get, you know, and the, these days I don't sponsor, um, a lot of newbie drug addicts like I used to, you know, they, it's, it's hard for me, you know, it's hard for me. Um, but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's okay. I still can help other people. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this again, because I don't have time to always sponsor people. You know, I sponsor a few people, but I can do a podcast and um, encourage my sponsees to listen. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful day. Life is good. You know, life is good. I'm really grateful that, uh, that somebody shared today. You know, I think, I'm hoping I'm going to keep sharing this. You know, I'm going to keep sharing this on Twitter. I follow that recovery posse group and they're cool as hell. You know, great energy. A lot of them are from like overseas, like England and Ireland and stuff and Australia. You know, this is a global community. I've been to meetings all over the world, all over the world. I even found a meeting in Nepal. That was very difficult. And it wasn't even so much a meeting. It was more like a treatment center. Um, but we had a meeting, <laughs> me and a couple of Nepali guys and, spoke English. It was still good. You know, it was what I needed. And it was very hard to find in Kathmandu. Jeez. Um, but I've been to meetings all over the world, man. And it's wonderful. You know, I, I, uh, I was in Sydney, Australia a few years ago, and I kept going to this one noon meeting, and it was just so wonderful. You know, and in the distance, I could see the ocean. And all these alcoholics from that meeting were going to come to Detroit because the World Conference was going to be in Detroit. And I'm like, yeah, you guys can stay with me, you know. I was so excited about that. And then freaking COVID hit, and uh, the World Conference got canceled. I think it was going to be the 85th um, anniversary, maybe the 80th, one of the big ones uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that was supposed to be in Detroit. But, oh, well, you know, life on life's terms. Um, I can tell you Sydney is one of the coolest places I've ever seen. Great, great recovery and beautiful I, you know i just there's a, there's a path there that goes right along the ocean and you can just walk for for miles and miles all along the ocean 
and every few miles there's a beach and you can see the beach and get some food your little you know restaurants and then you keep walking it's just amazing and what a great use of space you know um it's not like that in the u.s really i haven't found a place where you can walk for miles along the beach like that <laughs> you know everyone wants to own their little piece of the beach um so it's not as public but uh go australia you know sometimes i think i'm moving to australia it's a nice place but um Anyways, today is Wednesday, hump day. I have a busy day full of meetings. I'm going to make it productive. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be of service to others. I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to be resentment. I'm not going to hold resentments. And I'm going to kick ass. You know what I mean? I'm going to kick ass. Let's, let's do something good today, you know? Go out and make it a great day. Every day sober is a great day. And um, every day I just need to suit up, show up, and do my best. So uh, we'll end this meeting with a moment of silence, uh, followed by the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do that will always. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Go and make it a great day. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Stay sober and God bless. You thought that you could have it all. And life could be a ball. But you fell and scabbed your knee.